Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. We're Samaritan listeners. Welcome to my 384th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and events I attended from the past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was attending last week's Tuesday evening uh, Boston Bruins at Tampa Bay Lightning down in Florida. And it was just uh, an electric evening. It was the first time I had ever been to a lightning game in Amelie Arena. And it was, as advertised, uh, just a spectacular game. The two best teams in hockey just going at it back and forth. And thousands of Bruins fans were in attendance, uh, needless to say, looking to get Obviously, watch the two best teams in hockey, but in addition, get away from the Northeast winter, which even though it's been mild, it isn't what's going on in Tampa, which is solid into the 70s as we uh, arrive here in March. And the game, again, was just uh, as advertised, uh, nip and tuck the whole way, close, great play by both sides, and topped off in the third period by one of the more interesting uh, altercations that I personally have seen in a while, and a lot of people in the arena were saying the same thing, where uh, a Bruins player and Lightning player went at it towards the end, and uh, they were just, it was like a two-round fight where the Bruins player uh, threw half a dozen or so jabs that landed, followed by the Lightning player doing the exact same thing. And then that repeated itself, and uh, it literally brought the house down. And again, the game went down to the wire. Uh, One goal, Bruins win. Lightning pulled their goalie uh, and had some chances. Uh, Lightning in that game also had a uh, goal disallowed. They were offside. So really, uh, everything you could ever root for in a hockey game, and... The electricity and atmosphere outside the game and the hours leading up to it were just tremendous. Uh, Most importantly, never thought I'd attend a hockey game in shorts, but I did for the first time. And uh, I've said before on the show, the uh, plaza outside Amelie Arena is just second to none for pregame atmosphere. Again, start with the fact that it's in the 70s with... 
everybody wearing basically t-shirts and shorts and uh, massive screen, rock band playing, massive plaza with uh, restaurants and uh, whatnot all outside, open air. Again, just uh, creates an atmosphere unlike anything I've seen uh, in hockey, to be sure. And best of all, they did it again on Saturday night back at the Garden. And you could tell, I think, uh, the robbery went up a level when down here in Tampa last week. And then Saturday night, it went up yet another level. Very, very physical game. Lightning scored some shorthanded goals to get it going. And they basically held on as the Bruins didn't quit on their home ice at the Garden in Boston. And uh, just kept coming at them. But in the end, the Lightning held on. So two away victories for, were had, one by the Bruins in Tampa, one by the Lightning in Boston. And I think at this point, uh, given the physical nature of both games, especially Saturday night, that this rivalry, which has been around for a few years, uh, simply because they are you know, two of the best teams in hockey, uh, has really risen a notch, and I think uh, it's safe to say that everybody is rooting for a Lightning Bruins playoff match, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it sure is going to be fun to watch. Um, so, moving on to my low light of the week, it was Rory McElroy on. Sunday, last evening, just uh, really, really falling apart, basically, would be the only way to say it. He was right there, and uh, he just couldn't get it done. He was in position to win it, just down a couple strokes on the back nine on Sunday at the Arnold Palmer tournament up at Bay Hill in Orlando, and he just simply uh, fell apart, had some... uh, had some bogeys and whatnot and some bad shots. You could sense his frustration. And uh, and instead, it was Terrell Hatton from England getting his first ever PGA victory. And as always, it was a great tournament. Uh, you know, the players really turn out for Arnold Palmer in his memory at Bay Hill, his club. I've been in the clubhouse at Bay Hill. I've been to Bay Hill, not for the tournament, but uh, on non-tournament day, shall we say. And it is a special place. Uh, The spirit of Arnie lives on there. And it's like a a museum going in the clubhouse. And it's just a wonderful place. And it was a wonderful tournament. But I do believe everybody likes to see, you know, the big names in contention on Sunday, which we certainly had with the likes of uh, Rory McIlroy and Bryson DeChambeau and whatnot. Uh, but I think everybody was kind of watching as we headed into the back nine, thinking Rory was going to do Rory things, and instead it turned out the exact opposite. <clears throat> so uh, a bit surprising, shall we say. And then uh, my low light of the week was the Clippers – playing, quote, at home in the Staples Center. It was a home game for them yesterday, late afternoon, evening, versus the Lakers in the Battle of L.A. And by the end, given LeBron's 
epic performance yet again, coming off a victory over the Bucks on Friday night. Uh, he clearly yesterday looked like a man on a mission, was showing playoff-type emotion as they put the game away in the fourth quarter. Uh, he and Ka- Kawhi Leonard, probably the two best players in the NBA, were going head-to-head. And uh, great theater, to say the least. And uh, chance raining down in the Staples Center, which is, of course, also the Lakers' home court, as well as the Clippers. And yesterday was an actual Clippers' home game. Uh, But MVP chance raining down for LeBron. It was uh, really, really uh, pretty interesting. And I have to believe from the Clippers' point of view, it drove home the point that, you know, the Laker roots run deep, really, really, really deep in L.A. And it will always be a Lakers' town. Uh, at some point, I'm sure the, the Clippers will have a new arena that they can call their own, and maybe that'll start to change things, but it certainly wasn't that way yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, it was just, uh, again, as good a basketball game as you'd want to see. Two true champions going head-to-head on offense and defense. LeBron covering Kawhi, Kawhi covering LeBron, and... Again, LeBron is just uh, really appears to just be on an incredible mission, to put it mildly. And uh, so, yes, so it was just a spectacular, spectacular game. And getting geared up for the playoffs in the NBA, it's going to be great this year. And everybody, it's all eyes on LeBron at this point, the way he's playing. Again, truly uh, a man on a mission. And then just looping back to events of the week that I attended down here in Florida, baseball spring training, went to the Red Sox-Yankees at George Steinbrenner Field in Tampa. Uh, It was Red Sox-Yankees, what can you say, even for a spring training game. Great energy, great atmosphere, perfect weather. So that was a lot of fun. And then also went to see the Pirates and Blue Jays in Dunedin at the Blue Jays refurbished facility and just a beautiful ballpark built right into a neighborhood in the beautiful city of Dunedin, Florida, uh, up near Clearwater, Florida on the Gulf Coast. So it was a great week for attending sports events, both Sox Yankees and Bruins Lightning on the exact same day, baseball in the afternoon, hockey at night, both in person. Doesn't get much better than that. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. 
Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing fine. Glad to hear it. I'm doing well as usual, and uh, thank you for calling in. And looks like conference championship week is upon us this week with uh, all the conferences uh, vying for bursts in the NCAA March Madness tournament selection Sunday coming up in six days. Hard to believe, and the tournament will be set. So. Uh, I'm guessing you're following the SEC very closely, as always. Yes, yes. You know, Kentucky will be there. They'll grab up most of the tickets, but it's always a fun time to see all the teams and uh, visit with other media members from their respective schools. And so I look forward to this event. And Nashville is not a bad place to visit on a weekend. Not at all. Exactly. That'll be a great venue, Bridgestone Arena, I take it, correct? Yes. Yeah, right, right downtown. Very nice. Right downtown, sure is. Broadway. Broadway in downtown Nashville. It's uh, quite a street. Right? It's right up there with the Vegas Strip, I would say. And, uh, <laughs> without a doubt. So that's great. So obviously, yeah. as always, you're interested in Alabama and uh, how their prospects looking. What do you think? Do you think they might make some noise in the tournament? 
I think it's been very difficult, John. They didn't play well. Their final game was at Columbia, Missouri. They scored 50 points, which was maybe the low for the season in the conference. They were averaging the 80s. I think they were maybe number two in the country. They scored quite a few points, but uh, they they didn't generate much offense on Saturday and, and lost by 19 points their last game. They're 16 and 15. They play Tennessee in the 8-9 game. Just on Thursday, uh, 12 Central Time, and the winner will play Kentucky. Really? Kentucky has a buy into that into that round, so their first game will be against the winner of the Tennessee-Alabama game then, right, on Friday? Yes, yes, that's correct. That's right. Yeah. All right, well, I heard John Calipari being interviewed uh, by Dan Patrick on the Dan Patrick Radio Show, and always an interesting interview, and... Uh, you know, Kentucky's going to be ready. Uh, you know, they, they've been playing pretty well lately. It looks like they're rounding into tournament form. Yeah, they got upset at home by Tennessee, which was kind of surprising uh, recently. But they'll, they'll be ready. I, I don't think there's any outstanding teams in the country, John. You know, just looking over the Associated Press, I mean, the top ten, John, of all these top ten teams, you have Kansas. I mean, they're noted for being one of the perennial powers. Then you have Gonzaga, Dayton, Baylor, San Diego State. Those are four names you're not associating with the top ten. Maybe Baylor recently, but the other ones, no. Then you have Kentucky, Florida State, another team, not usually in the top ten. Seton Hall, not usually in the top ten. Maryland, a possibility, and Louisville. So, I mean, I think basketball this year is quite interesting. It's wide open. I mean, you have Creighton at number 11. You have BYU number 15. Auburn number 17. You know, it's two great years for the Auburn Tigers. They have 24 victories against five defeats. You have Penn State, a team that you're familiar with, John, uh, 21 and 8 at number 20 in Associated Press. Houston, 22 and 7. Virginia, last year's champion. Illinois. Now, that's an interesting team, right, John? Illinois, they were really down a few years ago. They were down a few years ago. I mean, way down the list. Uh, You know, didn't make the tournament. Just bad season, losing record. Uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan. So uh, there's quite a few teams that are making a resurgence in basketball in the top 25, which, you know, I'll be covering the Final Four in Atlanta this year. So if it was four new teams, it would be fine with me. But um, I'm looking forward to that. But I just thought that... This basketball season, John, more than any other recent years, has so many new teams uh, near the top. Yeah, AP, I can't ever remember it being more wide open. I really can't. It truly seems like we say this every few years from time to time, but this year really seems to uh, be the most wide open in recent memory, if not ever. There are just simply no dominant teams. Uh, I guess if you had to pick a favorite, you'd probably have to pick Kansas. Uh, they're they're number one, and uh, and you know go from there. But you know, I think the the team. I, I guess I could call them an underdog only in the fact of winning the national championship uh, is Dayton. You know, college game day came from there. Was broadcast from there on Saturday, I believe, for the first time ever. Dayton has a nice history as a basketball school, no doubt about it. The yes. first four yes. are played uh, in Dayton. And one team that will not be in the first four, of course, will be Dayton itself. They're likely to get a number one bracket seed. And uh, <laughs> and they have, you know, arguably the best player in the country. Uh, 
lighting it up with his dunks, and uh, they're they're a fascinating team to say the least. And I gotta believe the American public would be uh, love to see them do well. Yeah, John, I think they're probably a sentimental favorite. I mean, I don't think they've ever had a number one seed. I know they had some good years. This, this was, oh, what, probably in the 80s, and um, maybe they had a team in the 90s, possibly. I know the late 60s, they were decent and uh, into the 70s, but it's been a long time coming. And then it's they're coached by Anthony Grant, who played at Dayton, and, and he was the former coach of the University of Alabama, and he, he was fired, but he... Ends up having success at his alma mater, twenty-seven and two. Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, no, it's really just uh, you know they're fun to watch, to say the least, and uh, you know you just have to sense, uh, led by of course the player I referenced earlier was Ob Toppin, who is just simply uh, a dunk machine. I think he had over a hundred dunks this year. And he is just uh, spectacular to watch, to say the least. <laughs> That's quite a few dunks, John. Quite a few indeed. And, uh, you know, he doesn't just dunk. I mean, he, he is dunking like you would see in, in the NBA dunk contest during All-Star Weekend. Uh, you know, coming down, going, you know, putting the ball between his legs as he goes up. And... Uh, yeah, he's got the complete game, a la, you know, a Larry Bird or Luka Doncic, not just dunks, he can do it all. And uh, again, you know, when you have a superstar in a tournament like this, where there are no clear favorites, uh, you know, they really, really have a shot, I believe, and I, I think most people believe so. And uh, again, I just have the, the feeling that America is going to get behind this team and, uh, you know, they're going to become the, the lovable underdog a la Butler a few years back. Uh, teams like that that we've, you know, that we've had. And I think it's going to be more than just, a, you know, an upset. I think they're, they, they could be, uh, you know, riding through deep into the tournament with, uh, again, a, a sudden and huge fan base across the country. Because, uh, again, everybody recognizes the Dayton program because they do have a good history and, you know, they're they're... There are long lines of an Indiana for, you know, just, again, basketball history. Um, so we shall see. It's going to be good. You know, Duke uh, is doesn't appear to be Duke in North Carolina. Certainly is not North Carolina this year. Uh, down here in Florida, where I've been spending some time, Emily Arena, which I talked about uh, in the opening segment since I attended the Bruins Lightning game. Last week there is just a spectacular venue, and uh, I can only imagine, uh, since they're hosting the first round a week from Thursday, that, you know, I guess it's going to be eight schools or so, uh, you know, flooding into Tampa, enjoying the weather, and, you know, bringing that college spirit. So I think it's just going to be a great weekend in Tampa, which it's also the same weekend as the Valspar Golf Tournament. Uh, spring training, of course, in full, uh, full force by then. And, uh, so I, I, I think, you know, next weekend is going to be uh, a special time in Tampa to say the least. Yeah, John, I mean, I, I've been to that Tampa, uh, facility for the SEC men's basketball tournament and 
it's a good location right downtown. Yep. And if you get a chance, you know, I, I suggest people would attend. I'm looking at some of the sites here, John. You know, Dayton, probably going to be a very high city, as you mentioned. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio is one of the sites. Cleveland, Ohio. I'm looking at places near Dayton, St. Louis, right. Missouri, uh, Omaha. But I'm wondering if the committee is going to put them in Cleveland, Ohio. Wouldn't that be great? It feels like they've earned it. You know, I don't know. None of us know exactly what goes on behind those closed doors, but it does feel like they've earned it. And also, uh, you know, that the committee would smile favorably upon the season they've had. Uh, So that would be great. That would even enhance what I was saying, that I think they're going to be a a huge fan favorite this year. And uh, I guarantee if it's in Cleveland, it'll be overwhelming. Dayton crowd and uh, another city that's going to be great will be certainly uh, Omaha. You know, they, they got it down with the College World Series there in baseball every year. So they know how to host a whole lot of colleges. And uh, that's their specialty. Mm-hmm. I've been out to Omaha and it just, uh, that, that's their sweet spot, to say the least, is uh, hosting and showing colleges, their fans, their players, everything, a good time. I mean, they're they're the experts. They do it every year. So they, they know how to do it better than anyone in a nice arena uh, down in Omaha. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Plus, they also host a lot of, like, Olympic trials and things like that. So Oklahoma, uh, Omaha is a great town. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah, John. And, you know, Creighton is one of the top teams. I wonder if they'll put them in Omaha. I wonder if they'll give them that advantage. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, I think it behooves I mean, uh, college basketball yeah. in general if you have a hometown favorite at these tournament venues. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would love to see Creighton in Omaha. And, John, just looking over the, the uh, top 25 of the Associated Press, there are six teams, John, with nine losses or more. Wow. Six teams. In the top 25. Top 25. That's amazing. I mean, that's just nothing yeah, the short most of is remarkable. Michigan with 11. Yeah, the most is Michigan with 11. Yeah. Um, that's just incredible. Um, so we shall see. I mean, this is going to be, uh, again, a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, it ultimately leads to Atlanta. And let me ask you this, AP. I know you're covering it, the Final Four, that is. Uh, have you been to Atlanta for basketball games? I can only imagine what that stadium must be like for, for a basketball game. I know you've been there for many football yeah. games. Yeah, the, you know, the basketball, I can't recall being there for the basketball. Of course, this is a, a new dome, you know, Mercedes-Benz uh, dome in Atlanta. So I have been in a big facility for basketball. It's it's different, John. It's the shooting. It's your eye eye line. Your your eyes your your eye sight for the basketball. You know your lines of sight. I guess uh, it's it's very different. You know it's wide open, and it, I, I could imagine it takes you getting used to that that view when you're taking shots because it's just not like a normal basketball arena. It's it's just Football, it's huge. <laughs> massive, massive. Huger than most, I'm guessing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just I, I've been, a, I've seen it from the outside, haven't been inside the Mercedes Benz Stadium, of course, correct? That's the name of it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I believe and that's the name of it, yeah. So, 
it's just big. It's just, I can't imagine shooting at that rim. You're looking at so many other things in the background. Exactly. It's called, as photographer calls it, would call it professional photographers. It's like depth of field, so to speak, where right, the background right. is so different from what they're used to uh, that, you know, it's uh, not something that these uh, basketball players are used to. So it, it just takes a little time to get their, uh, to, to get their shooting eye down. And, uh, but, you know, you, you know, more and more, I mean, this is now the norm that they're, playing the final four if not other tournaments uh regionals and whatnot in these football venues so it used to be that was the only time all year that would happen but i think now that they have a chance but again i think you know mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta is probably a bit of a different animal it's it, it just looks so vast from the outside and like you're confirming how vast it is in the inside as well Oh, yes, absolutely. It sure is. And, uh, John, I was just looking at the, the regional site that I'm just focusing in on Dayton at the moment, but, you know, Indianapolis is one of the four regional sites for the, re- wow. for the finals. That's drivable. So they put them in, you know, you know, Cleveland and Indianapolis. That'd be nice for Dayton. That would. Nice driving. I'm assuming you could drive to either venue quite easily from Dayton. And, uh, sure could. And I'm sure Indianapolis, I'm guessing it's at Lucas Oil, the Colt Stadium. So uh, they might get some practice for uh, (laughs) their shooting touch in in a football stadium. Uh, So it's going to be great. Nothing like March Madness. The brackets will soon be coming. And uh, it's just an awesome time. Uh, And can't believe it's already here. And uh, in the meantime, you know, given this wide open season that we're having you know you know a lot of teams could emerge as conference champions that you might not expect and end up uh, you know at the big dance so these conference championships this week are going to be fun to watch i think more fun than usual more unpredictable oh yeah it's always fascinating to see if one team can make their way into the tournament that was counted out because of their one loss record but I mean, I remember years ago, John. South Carolina was undefeated in the ACC. They were twenty-seven and zero, if I remember correctly, and they lost in the ACC tournament. And they didn't go to the NCAA, of course, because the the theory of that ACC tournament, as I understand, was we want the team to represent us that's playing their best basketball at the end of the season. Right. Well, that's an interesting take on that because you know it makes sense. <clears throat> We've seen it time and time again. Who's playing the best heading into the uh, postseason in every sport, pro and college? So, but yeah, I, I, we all remember those days when, again, you know, you didn't win the conference championship. You very well may not be going to a postseason tournament, which is just kind of hard to believe now, today. But that's the way it used to be, and some awfully good teams got left out uh, over the years, to say the least. Your South Carolina team, case in point. I remember that, too. Johnny Roach and company. John Roach, exactly right. It's precisely who I was thinking of, AP. Great minds think alike. Um, (laughs) So with that, it's time for our first break. So uh, I know you'll be sticking around for... Our next two segments, uh, but right now we'll take a break and stick around for the other side and don't go anywhere. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And AP last segment, we talked about March Madness uh, practically upon us, starting uh, with Selection Sunday this coming Sunday night, six days from now. But there's also another type of March Madness that's going to get underway, which is college football, spring football. And... uh, as hard as it is to believe, it's actually starting this weekend, correct? Yeah, there's some teams starting this week, John. Alabama, March 13th. Um, Auburn starts on the 10th. Uh, Vanderbilt they already started February 16th, and Texas A&M uh, March 2nd. So there's teams getting into the spring football early this year, and most of the the spring games are on the 11th of April, the 18th, or the 25th. Or, like I say, Vanderbilt's Thursday on the 21st, their spring game. 
of April or March of of, uh, there's, there's, of March. There's spring games uh, March twenty first. Wow, and they started uh, uh, like in mid February. You said March. Uh, yeah, yeah, mid February, right? Yeah, which is that's highly unusual. Yeah, highly unusual. Uh, well, yeah. Vanderbilt's known as a high quality academic school. Maybe they somehow build it around. Uh, you know, the academic schedule, who knows, or maybe they're building it around, right. uh, March madness occurring, uh, right. Right. you know, right. this weekend, um, in, or the SEC tournament, I should say, which is a form of March madness. Um, well, that's great. So Alabama, uh, so they're literally going to hit the field on Friday in Tuscaloosa, correct? Yes, on Friday, and they have yeah, all the teams have 15 practices, John. So Alabama, they'll practice for a little while, then they'll go on spring break, then they'll come back, and their spring game is on uh, April 18th. They have their pro day on March 11th, which is this week. March 11th? Is so that'll pro be, day, yes. Is that when Tua Wednesday. is going to this Wednesday, right? Two days from yeah. now. Is that when Tua yeah. is going to, like, Finally, uh, yeah, work out, what, show that, yeah, throw that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to let loose. Wow! So that's going to that's going to be a massively important day for Tua, but for all college yeah. football fans, just to tune in to, you know, just I'm sure ESPN will be all over it. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, everybody's been waiting for this day since he, he was carted off the field with that horrific injury, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it'll be big news. People will be there to, to watch all the pro scouts. Yeah, Alabama usually has the 32 teams present, John. They usually have everybody at their pro day. Right. I, I, not surprised. I would think so. And no. Especially if you have Tua throwing to those uh, fabulous receivers from down there in Alabama. Right, right. And Bill Belichick usually shows up to see his old friend, Nick Saban. Right, right. Well, that is going to be awesome. Are you planning on going, AP? Yeah, no, I won't I'll be there because I'll be traveling the next day to Nashville. So, oh, right. Okay. For, for the SEC tournament because that, that starts uh, that starts actually that, that evening, March 11th, but Alabama won't be playing until the next day, so I'll be traveling to Nashville. Okay. But it'll be, on, it'll be on TV. You can watch it. Yeah, it'll be on TV. People can watch it. You, they'll watch that workout. Oh, no doubt about it. That's going to get heavy coverage. I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, you know, ESPNU just uh, sets up down there in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be all Tua all day, no question about it. I mean, everybody's yeah. wondering there, uh, to say the least. Oh, yeah, no, no. NFL oh, Network as well. NFL Network, no doubt about it. Well, pro days are great. You know, I, I've been to a few of them. Went to one at Harvard. Uh, talked to a couple of players at Harvard a few years back who did indeed get their shot at the NFL. And... Uh, you know, as we all know now, you know, a lot of players will, you know, not throw or whatever at the combine, but then they do at their pro day. So pro days have become a thing, to say the least. Uh, you know, having gone to some, went to UConn a few years back. Uh, you know, there, there's very often, like, everybody has a pro day. One of the cool things about it, in case people don't know this, is that, you know, when, say, a Boston College has a pro day, that uh, players from other schools who do who are not big enough to hold their own pro day, such as Ivy League schools, what have you, uh, will, are invited to come 
to the bigger schools pro day, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, certainly I guess they don't need to do that down Alabama way, but, uh, you have your hands full with all the stars at Alabama, right? Right. They do, but they, but they do invite some other, other players from different schools. That's great. Yeah, they they do have the, Yeah, they they do have let them come by because, I mean, why not? It's a football right. community, and at, at that level, it's more of collegial than most. You know, it's to get all these people that give them a chance. There's 32 teams will be there, so you know, you might invite somebody from West Alabama or whatever. Yeah, I think it's great. I really do. First time I you know came across this, I was. Uh, yeah, I loved it immediately. I just thought it was, you said it perfectly, it's a college football community, uh, and everybody get everybody gets their shot. And, you know, and there's always a couple players come out of that, uh, you know, and at minimum get become undrafted free agents or whatever. Some even get drafted. And, uh, you know, for many, it's probably their one and only shot to get, you know, truly in front of NFL top flight scouts that attend days like at Alabama, that type of thing, let alone a Bill Belichick. Uh, so, so yeah, so it's awesome. Right. Um, and yeah, again, there are days, I, I mean, I remember scrolling through the calendars, um, you know, on any given day, this time of year, there can be, you know, 10, 12 pro days, you know, many successive days in a row. I mean, there's a lot of them, just to put it mildly. It's, it's like I said, it's a thing. Yeah, it goes across the country. Everybody has that date scheduled, and the players look forward to it. And, you know, they've worked their entire lives to get to that point. And it's exciting for them and their agent. Definitely. Well, it's going to be fun. Of course, then it all culminates with, uh, you know, spring practice. Uh, it all culminates with, of course, the spring game. Which is a big deal. I've you know, many of them are now televised. Uh, I'm guessing you've gone to a few Alabama spring games in your day. Uh, how do you like them? Still, be, it's a big event, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, John. Yeah, it was it was a big event. Alabama one time would have 101,000 people at the stadium, John. If you can believe that. Uh, but this year they're they're working on the stadium, so I think it's a capacity in the neighborhood of thirty thousand. So uh, that's going to be a little bit different this year at Alabama. It will be. So they've had like literally a sellout of one hundred one thousand at spring games, correct? Right. In other words, you don't have to pay for the ticket, but the stands are completely full. That's amazing. That really is. You know, uh, <laughs> I grew up near Penn State, so I keep my eye on them and. You know, their spring games will typically, as many will, you know, they, they might not sell out at a, you know, 100,000 plus, but they'll, uh, you know, they're going to get 50 to 60, I'm guessing, is uh, seems to be about a typical Penn State spring day. Uh, you know, Boston College has a good spring day. I've been to their spring day a couple times uh, right, right, right down the road. So it's fun. <clears throat> it's a lot of fun. And you always, you know, if you have, a, if you have nice weather, it just gives you a nice taste of football to to get you through till September. So, uh, so it'll be great, I'm sure, oh, no doubt. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, John. And you see some high school kids that have entered school in January. So that's your first time to watch them and look at their size and how they move and what they've learned in a in a you know five to ten days, and then you'll right. get a chance to look at the 
the different quarterbacks and running backs and defensive linemen and the kickers. I mean, so I always like to be there in person to just see how everybody performs. I mean, they run vanilla, a vanilla offense and defense, but you still can see their speed, their agility, their quickness, their um, pass catching skills, their uh, running skills, their ability to get by an offensive lineman to make a sack, their, uh, the linebackers see if they can cover the running backs out of the backfield. The you know defensive backs, how they move and their their heights and their you know their ability to uh, cover and uh, you know you watch the punters, you watch the the kickers, their accuracy and their ability to kick from distance, and then the quarterbacks how they're throwing the football and so yeah, there, there's some things you could pick up. Oh, absolutely! Again, it's, it's really kind of you know all about the weather. If you have a nice spring day in a place like Alabama or Penn State or wherever, it's a great take. So speaking of take, it's time for us to take our break. Uh, a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're on Alexa Smart Speakers and Connected Devices. Hey, Alexa, play... Being Here Podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Try it now. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-it expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Selection Sunday, this coming Sunday, early evening, and always a big day as they uh, finalize the 64 teams for the NCAA tournament, plus the first four uh, to be played in Dayton. Um, So, AP... It's always a great time, but, you know, this year, Selection Sunday uh, uh, could be affected by another selection. Uh, who's going to select and pursue Tom Brady? Uh, hard to believe that it's right now upon us, uh, only a week or so away, the NFL free agency period, which I think this year is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen, mainly due to Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, John, it's almost like the draft is hinging around the health of Tua Vailoa, and then the NFL is is pivoting on the Tom Brady signing. Right, right. They're both waiting uh, for, you know, the whole league is waiting for those two individuals to either make a decision or perform. And so, Tom Brady, imagine if he went to San Francisco and then they let Garoppolo go back to New England. Wouldn't that be something? It sure would be. And it's actually going to all begin. Um, begins on Wednesday, March 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So now we're talking, what, nine days from now. And, uh, and there's always just an amazing amount of activity in the hours and day or two leading up to NFL free agency. And yeah, uh, again, I said this last week on the show, you know, Peter King had a great way of putting it uh, where he said, you know, basically the NFL is being held hostage by the Tom Brady pending free agency uh, because he's the first domino. And until that domino falls, nothing else will really happen, especially in the quarterback market. So, but once it does happen, a whole lot of things could happen in a hurry because there's some pretty pretty big names out there on the quarterback front that could move teams. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The beginning of next week, who knows? Next week's show, or yeah, it's just going to be a lot of activity going on. I think starting like you know Monday, Tuesday. The 48 hours leading up to it are going to be uh, incredible. Uh, this year, maybe more than we've ever seen. Yeah, I think so, John, because, he, because he's been viewed by many as the greatest of all time because of the Super Bowl victories. But I'm wondering if, John, if you took a poll across the country, would people want Tom Brady to stay with New England or would they want him to change and go to another team? Would it I mean, I wonder if it would be a big number one way or the other, or it'd be close to 50-50. Tough to say. Um, I think, you know, I think it'd be more entertainment value, for lack of a better word, if Brady goes to another team. I think it'll just generate, frankly, its own cottage industry. By that, you know, what happens to the Patriots is a gigantic storyline without Brady, and then, you know... Wherever Brady would choose to go, a different team would also generate its own storyline, and and then the other dominoes would fall as well. Uh, 
But you you raise an interesting point, AP. Um, just where where would the American public like to see him go? And, and you know, and I've heard some media say this actually. Uh, you know, the media, myself and yourself included, are in the business of interesting. What's most interesting? Yes. And I would have yes. to say, you know, honestly, even though I'm a Patriot season ticket holder. Uh, it would be more interesting if Brady went to another team. Obviously, I think that's fairly obvious. Uh, so I think right. most of America, plus not to mention there's an element of America that would just, uh, let's face it, pretty sick of the Patriots. And uh, I think they'd like to see uh, Brady move on, if only for the reason that he's not with the Patriots anymore. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be fun, I'll tell you. Again, I think it could be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Uh, it's amazing we've gotten this far, AP. In my mind, although there's constant leaks, rumors, and whatnot, there, there, you know, nothing firm has come out. So it's still a mystery to all. And uh, who doesn't love a good mystery, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, and it's coming up quickly. There's a deadline, so something has to happen. It's like the game. You're waiting all this time. You're and you have that heightened anticipation. And for me personally, I don't know. Another thing to ask yourself is if Brady leaves the Patriots, you know, how long does Bill Belichick stay around? He, you know, he's, he's approaching 70 right now. Correct. So how many more years does he have coaching the Patriots? So many questions, so few answers, but we're about to finally get some here in the next 10 days. And keep in mind, just to close out the show, April 18th is just the day that Brady and others can start talking to other teams. Other teams can court Brady starting on that day. And AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show. Thank you so much for calling in, and great job as always. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again on Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.